Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today on episode 323. Got another great show for you on tap as we're going to be talking with my friend Karen Harris from CMI Management about how speaking has really impacted and changed during the global pandemic. Now, I know for some of you hearing that we're going to be talking about COVID and the speaking industry makes you want to maybe find another episode uh, to listen to. But trust me when I say you're definitely going to want to hear this conversation. We're not going to spend this episode complaining about how things have changed or guessing what might happen next. Instead, we're going to discuss what industry leaders are actually forecasting and talk about how you as a speaker should be preparing for it. Karen brings some really interesting insight to the table, being right on the front line of this stuff. And within the first 10 minutes, she actually shares a recent survey data from meeting planners who are polled about their expectations for 2021 and beyond. Honestly, uh, some of you might be caught off guard by their responses, but it's important to know where things are at, where things are headed, so make sure that you listen for that. Also, be sure to stick around for the whole conversation as near the end, Karen and I talk about speakers who haven't done any pivoting yet in their business and whether it's too late to make any changes. We also address speakers who refuse to pivot and plan on riding this pandemic out and hope that things go back to the way they were and uh, whether or not you should do that. Lots of enlightening, actionable stuff here. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation on pivoting during the pandemic with Karen Harris. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by repeat guest, Miss Karen Harris uh, of CMI Speaker Management. And uh, excited to have Karen here. Uh, we actually had Karen back on episode 210 uh, way back when, so it's been a minute. So uh, good to have you back. A lot has happened in the world since then. And so excited to hear uh, some of your firsthand perspective on things. Uh, but let's start with this. How, how are you holding up? How are you feeling? How are you doing? We At the time of this recording, we're starting to kind of wrap up 2020. It's been a weird year, but uh, how has the year been from, from your perspective? Oh, it's been an interesting year. Very interesting <laughs> year. Thanks so much for having me back. Appreciate it very much. Um, it's been like drinking from a fire hose yeah. all year long. Um, we have had to, you know, we all had systems and processes in place for managing in-person events. And those are all pretty much, you know, gone out the window. And we've had to recreate, and recreate, and reinvent and reinvent and pivot and all those wonderful words that everybody's talking about. So yeah, let's yeah. go back uh, in time for a second here. Uh, <laughs> so like when, when uh, March, April happened uh, and it starts to feel like, cause I remember talking with a bunch of speakers and you're, you're kind of comparing notes and, and even January, February, like you hear about this thing that's happening overseas. Like that's not going to happen here. Right now we're, you know, we're Americans, we're immune. Uh, and then it just kind of slowly cre crept in. What was, what was March, uh, especially mid early March? What was that like for you from, from your perspective? 
I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> it was very difficult. <laughs> it was past intense. the trauma. Yeah, we're past the trauma, but it was intense. Uh, yeah. I will never, ever forget the date of March 13th, 2020, because mm. it was literally we had to drink from a fire hose. Uh, cancellations started to come in and postponements and all sorts of crazy stuff that we had to deal with. It was just it was really, really intense. Um, and you know, you just have to get through each day, each, uh, handle each customer one at a time, try and deal with their, cause they were stressed out. Right. Oh my gosh. People were really stressed out at that time about, about yeah. all the, uh, the unknown. Yeah. it was just, it was very stressful for the clients, which of course added to our stress. Cause we're trying to help them walk through this. And of course we're trying to protect our speakers and make sure that they're, you know, financially uh, taken care of through such a difficult time. So yeah, it was pretty intense. Won't ever forget March 13th. Yeah, it was <laughs> that was the beginning for just us. Just a weird, weird time. So uh, I'm curious that, and even just for context sake, you, uh, how many speakers do you manage today? How many events did you have affected at that time? Sure, sure. Uh, we manage 11 speakers today. And uh, at that time, over the course of this year, we've had almost 200 events affected in some way, canceled, postponed, converted to uh, virtual or whatever. So it was a lot of uh, administration and management of customers' uh, situations. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, I can't think of any other word other than (laughs) intense. This was intense. (laughs) It was, uh, it was so strange because we like, it all ranged from this is going to be here for a few years to, ah, this is going to blow over in a couple of weeks. And like, nobody, nobody really knew. And, and again, here we are, we're at the time of this recording. Uh, uh, so nobody fully knows how this is going to uh, play out. Hopefully we've seen the bottom of it and are on the up and up, but uh, you know, who really knows? So what's your sense like today? You know, what, what are you kind of seeing in the uh, your I think one of the, the values that you bring to the table for speakers who are listening is you're kind of on the front lines. You're talking with a lot of speakers. You're talking with a lot of event planners. You're kind of seeing firsthand of where uh, the space is at. So what's kind of your sense right now on, on how we are as, a, as an industry? Sure, sure. Well, um, what happened for us, uh, fortunately, was the majority of our events moved into virtual sessions. We were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Some postponed to 2021, some even till 2022. Um, what we're seeing now is that we're, see- we're having a few, we had a few in-person events this fall, not a lot, just a few, literally. And um, everything else has been all virtual all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, customers slowly became more comfortable. Um, we noticed definitely after the election, that seemed to be a, a catalyst for stronger movement in, in, the, um, in the business. Our June was pretty okay. Uh, Jul- July was okay. August was okay. September was okay, but October was, was substantially less compared to uh, what it, an October normally is, right? Yeah. You're normally booking into the first quarter and October was really relatively quiet. And I think that was in anticipation of the US election. Yeah. And now that that's behind us uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been really busy with people looking at first quarter stuff. Interesting. So, 
Yeah. That's got to be encouraging uh, because, uh, you know, when, when it, there's so much that I assume that you're talking with clients and a lot of it's like, let's wait and see, let's wait and see, let's wait and see. And now people are starting to put dates on calendars. People are starting to, to commit yeah. to events. And there's obviously there's there's so many moving pieces that go into putting on a live an event and uh, speaker is just one of those boxes that they are, are trying to check. So is yeah. your sense that 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 people are starting to feel more and more comfortable with with uh, live in-person stuff or people just tired of doing the virtual thing or where do you feel like uh, event planners heads are at right now? Um, you know, I think they're still in the virtual headspace. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing very much uh, into 2021 that's live. Some, a few, literally a few, uh, but the majority of what we're booking into this first quarter is it's, they're going virtual. Yeah. And even those that were postponed, you know, into the first quarter from 2020, they were postponed into 2021, that first quarter those are converting now to virtuals. We've had a number of those happen in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, not from where I'm sitting with my hand on the pulse that I'm sitting on. So, yeah. What, with your hand on the pulse, what, when, uh, what are you sensing? Uh, how long are we going to be in this? I think we're going to be there a long time. Uh, it's really probably not anything anybody wants to hear. It, it um, took me a long time to get my head around the fact that, holy crap, this could be here for a, a long time. And I think it is going to be here for a long time. Um, long time I, as in uh, 2021 or, or like well beyond that? Uh, I think we're well beyond that. As a matter of fact, I pulled up some stats um, from MPI. Let me just get them so I give you the right uh, numbers here. Um MPI, uh, in conjunction with IMAX, uh, did a meetings outlook uh, just earlier this month. And uh, (laughs) the question was, how soon do you think you're going to get back to pre-pandemic business? Yeah. And it's not good. Their projections (laughs) are not good. Uh, They're talking 9.6% think Q3 of 2021. 9.8% 9.8% think Q4 of 2021, mm-hmm. 38% think 2022, wow. and 26% think, think 2023. Yeah. So I think we're here to stay for a long time. And it really does require every individual speaker to look at their business model and uh, really adjust to whatever that the market is currently asking of them. Right. And right now it's asking virtual. What do you feel like are the big, um, I don't know, checkpoints is the right word or milestones that will make event planners more and more comfortable with having live and not just event planners, but audience members to travel and to be together in a group? Uh, is, is everyone just kind of waiting for a vaccine? And then that's kind of the, the trigger point or are there any other big things that people are kind of are waiting on before they start moving forward? Yeah, I think they're kind of waiting for the economy to see what what's going to happen overall with the economy. Uh, there's certainly some pieces of the economy that are thriving. They're, yeah, they're yeah. doing very, very well. Um, but there's a lot that are really hurting. And, uh, you know, the economy is one reason why I think we're seeing some delays and, and hesitations. Um, obviously, the pandemic is the big question mark. Mm-hmm. How will the vaccine actually uh, enable people to feel comfortable about being in large groups again. Um, you know, we've, the few in-person events that we've had, there was a great amount of social distancing, like huge amount of social distancing that the tables were, 
you know how speakers are always you know, trying to get people to put the tables through the stage. So there's a greater connection. The tables are even farther away because of course they didn't want the speakers uh, air to get over there. Um, And all the tables were really distanced and uh, a very small number in the room. And so, you know, speakers feed off of uh, uh, attendees energy and it, it was very hard work for those folks that were on the stage. It was really hard work. Uh, you know, kudos to them for for doing it, and we had great reviews. But it is a very different environment um, with in-person events today, and I think those are going to stay for a period of time until that vaccine comes into being, and and there's enough people that have been uh, blessed with it, and you know that could be into 2022 before yeah. people are really feeling that we can actually meet as large groups again. I think it's going to be even 2023, that I think we're going to see a decrease in the number of of attendees, because I think, yes, there's going to be people who are not going to want to travel, but also one of the disruptions I think this is going to bring to the industry is that uh, corporations, customers are going to be able to save, have a much more economical event Mm -hmm. uh, than they have in the past. They've spent millions of dollars in the past, and now they can spend thousands. Now, they miss out on a lot of the good stuff of the connection and the in-person event. They miss out on a lot of that. So I think hybrid events will come uh, into play a lot. And I think we'll see smaller number of attendees at our, at our in-person events down the road. Um, so yeah, I think all that stuff's going to come into play and, and literally corporations are going to find ways to, um, you know, spend that money that used to be in their event budgets they're going to put it someplace else for X number of period, however that long that's going to be this year, next year, the year after, however long. And uh, things will, things will, uh, I think we're going to, you know, everybody's talking about the new normal. Well, <laughs> I think we got some new, a whole new environment going on here. Right. So one of the, you know, you, you've been in the speaking industry for a long time uh, and the speaking industry has uh, predated both of us. And so it's survived, you know, wars and depressions and recessions and 9-11 yeah. and it's been through some weird stuff. And so yeah. the speaking industry will uh, has a long, lot of longevity and will continue to be around on the other side of this. Yeah. Uh, are there things that you are that you are advising your own speakers of, hey, Speaking is still going to be around. It may look different and you got to think about it differently. What are some of those shifts that you're seeing the speakers that, that are, are doing well right now or are uh, hanging in there and, and not just completely like struggling and the speakers that are going to be, you know, doing well in, in speaking industry 2.0, what are you seeing some of the shifts that they're making? Sure. Um, you know, a number of my speakers are uh, diversifying their, their offerings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas they spent the majority of their time on stages for the last couple of years and the years were good. They were great. Um, but they're now uh, looking at diversifying into whether it be consulting, advising, advisory or coaching or uh, training, you know, they are diversifying, diversifying their offerings to their clients, which I think is what everybody sort of needs to look at doing uh you know, everybody's business is going to be different, but, uh, you know, diversifying has not been for the majority of speakers has not been a strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, it has been something that, Oh yeah, I got to do that. I should do that, but I'm on the road and I'm speaking and I don't have time. And 
you know, this has been a blessing. Uh, and those of those speakers on my roster who have taken advantage of this time, uh, we're seeing some real benefits from that, you yeah. know, that diversification. I'm curious if you're, th- as far as what you're seeing, and then also kind of what you're projecting ahead and in, into the, uh, the the crystal ball, I know we're all kind of making educated guesses here, but are there certain industries that you, you think will be more or less affected uh, by this, but also certain speakers as far as uh, fee ranges? You know, there's going to be some speakers who are in the $20,000, $40,000 speaking fees, and those that are in the sub $5,000 speaking fees. And then you have uh, a wide swath of different industries. And kind of what I'm saying, it seems like some industries are certainly more affected than others. So curious kind of what you're seeing on that, both on the industry side, but then on the the speaker fee range side. Sure, sure. Um, Well, technology seems to be still fairly healthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody needs it now. So technology is obviously going to be, I think, a very healthy industry to be uh, to be working in Uh, healthcare, obviously, pharma, obviously, as well. Um, some manufacturing, uh, depending on the, uh, you know, anything that's going to serve technology, um, uh, as well as health, et cetera, those areas are all going to be doing well. Um, uh, financial services, uh, everybody's now looking at managing their money in a different way. And I'm all the financial service companies that I'm talking to, their financial advisors are very busy helping people with their 401ks, figuring out you know, their future planning. Mm-hmm. So um, those, I don't think those industries will um, uh, will reduce their need for some kind of work, whether that be virtual or in-person events. I think that, that those industries are going to be fairly good industries to continue to, to take look at. Um, right now we're seeing a greater a greater need for a content speaker, someone who really provides uh, some some good content material to, you know, not just inspirational messaging, but some some good content that goes along with it. And I think a lot of speakers had made that shift, even if they were a storyteller or an inspirational or motivational speaker, they had, you know, some form of, of message, underlying message that uh, that people could take away. But it's intensified. It certainly has intensified, similar to you know the lack, last economic downturn in 08 to 2010, 11. Uh, the need was there for a much uh, deeper uh, uh, solution providing kind of presenter. Right. Um, now that's repeating itself, from what I'm seeing. Um, that having said that, there still are organizations, especially we've seen it here at the end of the year, who are looking for ways to lighten their employees, you know, the, the, the weight that's on their employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of employees have been dealing with really difficult stuff. And um, uh, so they've been, you know, some folks have been looking for uh, relief from that. So that's, you know, maybe uh, an MC or some kind of a moderator, or uh, they're looking for a, more of an inspirational kind of a, of a session, uh, maybe some entertainment just to lighten things up. Right. But when they're going into, uh, when they're asking their people to sit in on a session, these people are looking for something that they can use immediately the minute they're up done off the session, whether that, whether they're in sales or leadership or frontline or whatever. Yeah. So very much uh, the need for a, a content delivery is very high. 
Gotcha. Uh, what are you thinking as far as uh, virtual? Is virtual just kind of a this temporary band aid that everyone's like, all right, it is what it is. We're all just going to kind of ride it out. Or is this is this here to say? Is this a viable thing that speakers need to be thinking about for the long term? I think it's here to stay. I'm sure some of my peers would disagree, but um, I think it's here to stay. And uh, I think it's it's a, actually a wonderful opportunity for a speaker mm-hmm. to to find that diversity. You know, I've got a yeah. number of speakers who are actually now that they've got off the road for a period of time, they're going, "Ooh, I got a life. This yeah. is different. Yeah. <laughs> this is so different." You know, so when you're when you're traveling 200 to 300 days a year, your your lifestyle is very different. Yeah. Uh, it impacts your health. It impacts your mental health. Um, and I've got a number of speakers that are enjoying this process. They're looking forward to getting back on a stage, just maybe not as often as they were. Right. So, uh, so I feel that, uh, you know, a number of my speakers are looking at really continuing to grow their virtual offering and their other diversification kind of offerings. And that way they'll have a much better base, much better foundation when the next thing hits, right. whatever that's going to be, because something else will come in however long, right? Yeah. Decade or whatever, there'll be another disruption. Um, but I think it's a wise thing to do to keep virtual, to, to, to hone in, to actually step into it if you haven't already. I'm assuming everybody has, but to, you know, to, from my perspective, it is, it's here to stay and, uh, you know, let's get committed to it and, and make it the very best that we can as an industry. I think that's an important thing we need to do. Yeah, virtual has been one of those things that, again, as you well know, it, it's been around for a long time, but it's just, it doesn't seem like it's been taken very seriously by either side. Speakers are like, nah, I don't want to do that. And, yeah. and event planners are like, yeah, it's not the same. And, and yes, it's not the same. And everyone would prefer yeah. to be in person, but it feels like as events more and more come back online as far as like in-person stuff, that there's still going to be, you know, groups and organizations that are like, either they don't feel safe or they're like, it's not, it doesn't, you know, make economical sense. So they're going to continue to have virtual. And so if anything, it feels like it's really intensified this whole other piece of the pie in the, in the speaking yeah. industry that wasn't really a viable thing previously. And so if anything, I think on the other side of this, I wonder if, if it creates just more opportunities for speakers across the board with in-person, with, yeah. with virtual, with hybrid now, uh, yeah. that it opens up a whole bunch of opportunities that weren't really opportunities to begin with. Yeah, I agree totally. I think, you know, there was hesitation because technology wasn't really ready. Everybody felt yeah. technology wasn't really ready. Well, it sure got ready fast. So mm-hmm. I think it was ready. You know, frankly, I think it was ready. It's just we weren't ready. Yeah. And uh, and this caused us to all get ready really quickly. And, and here we are, you know, yeah. we're in an environment where virtual is totally feasible. And can be very impactful. I've had a number of customers who have just been thrilled with how impactful the sessions have been. So it's very different. And the speaker has to really make some adjustments, but if you make them, uh, it can be as impactful, different, but as impactful. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start, 
let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. What are some of the adjustments that you're seeing speakers make uh, in a virtual environment that are working well? Because you're you're right. I think early on, you know, March, April, uh, people are like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll do what I was going to do on stage and I'll just do it virtual. And it doesn't necessarily translate just because you're a great in-person speaker doesn't guarantee yeah. that you're a great virtual speaker. And so I'm curious right. from a, a, a content presentation interaction standpoint, but also from a production standpoint, uh, I know a couple of speakers you represent that have amazing setups and it goes well beyond just a just a webcam and just a microphone or just some, yep. you know, uh, yep. your headphones or AirPods in or something, but like really high quality production. What are you seeing? What are you hearing from, from clients of what they're looking for, what their audiences are looking for? What, what's working for a speaker to, to present well in a virtual environment right now? Sure. Sure. You know, it, I'm fortunate in that uh, a number of our speakers are, you know, in that 10 to 20 K range for a virtual uh, or more. And so as a result, the customer's expectations is higher yeah. and they might be of someone that they're going to pay a thousand or $2,500 to. Um, so those, in, those speakers definitely made some hefty investments. Some of them made very heavy investments. Others made moderate investments. Both, in, both of those investments have paid off very well mm -hmm. uh, in terms of production quality. And uh, you know, you can, you can invest. I'm gosh, I have not done all those things. I've not invested in all the cameras and the bells sure. and the whistles, et cetera. Uh, but what I've, what I've, what I'm sure speakers all are experiencing out there is you now are the production person. You're the producer, yeah. you know, and uh, you're the director and, <laughs> and you're the tech guy, you're the sound guy, you're the whole schmear, right? Unless you've got somebody who can assist you, which we provide some of that, but for the most part, our speakers are manning the deck and, uh, and that's been the adjust, a big adjustment. That was the very first and big adjustment that they had to make. The next one had more, had a lot to do with interaction. Uh, and how people are interacted with, whether that be through the chat or through questions or uh, you know role playing or however you do your interaction, um, that's a big piece of the virtual world. Otherwise, people just zone out, and yeah. so you have to be doing weird and wonderful things, whether that be um, you know using Menti. Uh, you know, throwing confetti up in, up in the air like Jeff's Bilco does, you know, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of my content speakers are doing a lot of work within their chat and a lot of um, you know, Q&A during their presentation and a lot of um, uh, role playing, actually. Yeah. So let's play this out. Right. So that the training is is, is it's actually training much more so than it is just a keynote. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been huge changes for them because typically when you're a keynote speaker, 
you may have some interaction, you may come down into the audience and have some connection and interaction, but for the most part, you're on stage and you're presented as the expert on stage. Whereas now you're the expert behind the camera who needs to interact with everyone. It was such a simpler time and we could just get on stage and someone hands us a microphone and like, oh all right, I'll do, I'll do my dog and pony show. But now I got to do the lights and the camera and the mic and all the audio and something's not working. And you're man in the chat, you're wearing all the hats. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm curious on is, uh, Unfortunately, during this time, there there have been uh, some speakers who haven't made it, who've decided, you know what, I this is this is I, I don't see a path where this is going to work, or I'm going to, um, you know, they they need to need a job or, or whatever, and 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 everyone has to do what's best for them. And obviously, this is a, a really weird time. What are you seeing? Are the differences between some speakers who make it and some speakers that don't through this? Um, I, from my from my seat, I think those who have had to make that difficult decision perhaps didn't pivot as quickly as they needed to. They mm -hmm. didn't adopt into the adapt, adopt and adapt into this virtual world as quickly as they needed to. Yeah. And you know, gosh, this all started happening March 13th, and I had conversations, brief though they were, with everybody by the end of March saying, uh, this is going to hang around here. This isn't going away. It, it was going ballistic in Europe at the time. That was the first wave in Europe. And we were a couple of weeks behind them. Uh, I have the, have the pleasure of having a son over in Germany. And so he was kind of boots on the ground for me. Wow. We also have the you know distinction of working with Mike Walsh, who's a futurist. And uh, everything he said to us right from the get-go has been bang on. So yeah. I think the biggest thing is gosh, if you haven't adopted this at this point, you're not too late, but yeah. boy, get the boots in, in the, get the boots on and get running because this is here to stay in my opinion. How have you remained optimistic and encourage your speakers to remain optimistic because you're, you're, you're exactly right that, um, you know, March 13th, nobody knew what it was going, but here we are several months later and still not entirely sure how this is going to play out. I think we're all a little more used to it and have, have uh, for the most part, uh, adapted. But at the same time, we don't, as humans, we don't know what the other side of this looks like or when, where's the finish line there. There's not necessarily a light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. So how are you encouraging uh, your own speakers and how are you personally just staying optimistic through this going like, we, we don't know what this is going to be like, and we don't know what the long-term implications and ramifications are for the speaking industry. So uh, how, how are you, you, you just staying mentally positive and, and in the right headspace? Oh, that's such a good question. And I, I it's kind of a daily battle for all of us, I think, mm -hmm. right. You know, because uh, all you got to do is listen to CNN or Fox or whoever you right. choose to listen to. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not pleasant. Um, but I made a decision and it was, it was literally a statement that I made to myself. And then I put it out to my peers in the industry, in the bureau and management industry. I, I said, I'm not going down. This is not going to take me down. Uh, so I made a, a choice, a very definitive choice that we're going to come through this. I have no idea how we're going to do it. Still days I go, what the heck? I don't <laughs> right, know what right. we're doing here. But we made that decision as a team. I led it. I said, I'm not going down. And if you're going to stick with me, we're going to get, see ourselves through this. So yeah. for me, that's how that's been the biggest thing for me was that really put the stake in the ground decision 
that I'm going to come out the other side of this and we're going to be, we're going to thrive somehow through this. Yeah. Um, for the, for my speakers, I think the majority of them did something similar. And uh, while I've had to make sure that they were aware of what we're hearing and seeing from the customers and, and outlooks like this that MPI recently put out, while I need to share that with them, um, we're always talking about, okay, what are we gonna do about this? How are we gonna handle that? We're thinking as forward as we possibly can in an environment where we don't know how long this is gonna go on and there's tons of uncertainty, but we're taking things very small in small bite-sized pieces and we're thinking forward as much as we can. So uh, it's, it's hard for everybody. Yeah. It's hard for everybody. And, uh, uh, but I think if, if you can think ahead, even if it's just a couple of days, at least you have that forward thinking mindset and it will keep you moving forward. Yeah. It's also a good reminder because there, there are so many speakers that we work with who are in the early stages of their career uh, and all, at all stages, but a lot of them are at early stages and either uh, just started started getting going whenever all of this hit. Like, oh, I, was just, I was just making progress and, and this comes down uh, or they are just now starting uh, and starting to book some stuff, but it, it does feel weird. Uh, and the reality is like, you, you just have to have a really long-term perspective on this business and on this industry. And like we said, one of the things that's encouraging to me and I remind myself and our speakers of is it's the industry has been around for a long time. It's going to be around for a long time. It may look different. Uh, but we, as speakers, we are in the problem solving business and speaking is just one way to do that. And just because this has happened, doesn't mean everyone's problems have magically disappeared. There's still uh, opportunities for us to continue to provide uh, solutions. So, uh, Karen, this has been uh, really, really fun. I always enjoy uh, chatting with you and hearing your, your insights. Uh, before we wrap up here, I would remind everyone as I would with anybody in the management and bureau space, don't harass Karen. Don't email her. She has plenty going on. Okay. So she represents a lot of great speakers. And uh, if you're great, then she'll come across you at some point, but don't bug her for gigs. She, she's got enough going on. So I always try to say that to protect you. Uh, Karen, if people want to find out more about you uh, in the meantime, though, and what you guys are up to, where can we go? CMISpeakers.com. Awesome. Karen, thanks for the time. CMISpeakers.com. CMI speakers. Thank you so much, Grant. Appreciate you letting me share my thoughts and ideas. Hopefully it's helpful to someone. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. And again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. and We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.